Hello, and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in to uh, check this one out. I wanted to uh, catch up on a couple things that I've been working on recently, which is often what I'm talking about, but I've been putting together a couple things uh, during the last couple weeks and kind of run across a couple ideas sort of related to photo stuff and media stuff, as is the usual. But a couple things I wanted to talk about were some Mac apps today. I've been uh, trying to sort of set up my my MacBook to be, uh, I guess, configured with a few more utilities and a few more pieces of software that make it uh, a little more functional for me. So I wanted to try and talk about those a little bit today, but one of them was iStat Menus. It was this application that uh, I'd heard about maybe over a year ago. I'd, I'd been using it a lot when I was trying to render some 360 footage and, uh, and a lot more like video footage. I was just using my computer like the whole day to do that. Um, and so this program, iStat Menus, is really good for uh, adding in a bunch of information, like a bunch of system information to your computer right at the at the top of the What's that bar at the top, you know, with like the Apple menu and your time and your clock and stuff right up there. Like you get a bunch of uh, a bunch of information about like your disk space, your network uh, speeds, uploads and downloads, your CPU and GPU. It's pretty interesting. I like to get to check it out and kind of with it, you have a bunch of graphs that sort of indicate uh, when or how much how much you know of the system is going toward that task at that time so right now i'm doing an upload to amazon photos to try and get a, a backup of all my images up there and i'm looking at the network monitor and it's so it's showing me like a, a history of my network upload speeds over the last 24 hours and i see like there's a big dip before like 5 a.m while it was running overnight and then now it's back up like to maybe 3x what it was before so it's kind of interesting you got to monitor like how how your speeds are and that sort of thing. When I was ren- rendering video out, it was cool because you could see like the, the temperature sen- sensors inside of the computer. And in addition to that, you could see like the hard drive space that was left on each of your drives, including your externals. And you could see how fast the CPU and GPU were working. Um, so I've been using this app a lot for kind of a, the system process uh, monitoring stuff. It's cool. I've been uh, enjoying it. It's kind of fun to to get used to. In addition to that, another one that I'm checking out is probably one that a lot of people have heard of before, but I think it's called Magnet. Yeah, Magnet, I think, and it it, uh, sort of reproduces the functionality that you get. I think starting back in Windows 7, where if you pull a window to the edge of the screen, it'll sort of snap to the edge of that side of the screen, or it'll it'll snap to be a split pane window. It's kind of interesting how it works, but I like like how it works on Windows, and I have have been sort of frustrated in the past that uh, I don't have that kind of that utility in the Mac OS uh, system. So I, you know, the windows are sort of built to kind of float all over each other. And I did kind of like that part of, of windows or, you know, back in my experience of working in windows, which isn't a way I work with a computer. Now I have like seven windows up right now on the, on windows. I would really always go to, you know, a full screen application almost all the time. Uh, so it's kind of interesting how that, that workflow sort of changes over time. What else am I working on? Oh, Amazon Photos. That was another one that um, I guess I'm, I'm kind of going through right now. Sort of uh, lean into a, another side of it. But I've been using Amazon Photos for a while and the Amazon Drive system uh, to, to have some backups or, or not even really backups for the photos, backups of the photos, I suppose, because it's the DNGs and it is the JPEG images. I think you can put video up there also, but that takes up uh, paid storage space. So 
uh, for photos that you can put as many photos up on, on the cloud as you want with your prime membership. And I think I put like probably almost a, a hundred gigs of photos up there. So it's cool. You do have access to all of your images in that, in that library of images that you have online. Like I can pull it up on my phone in an app and I can pull it up, you know, on the web or in a few other places. So it just gives me a, an accessibility to my images that I hadn't really had before, uh, to every image in that way, at least. So that's kind of cool that, you know, I do see that I have access to all of those photographs. Bigger than that, I really need to go through and make uh, more functional collections of you know, smaller sections of that so that I have uh, just a lot of the photos I would need to use set up in, in a high-quality system that are more accessible to me. That's still that's still a little piece that uh, that isn't really quite as tight as I would like it within my photo business. But I've been using Amazon Photos to make a backup of everything. It, almost everything's already there, but it kind of incrementally, or, you know, like as you go, you need to you know, get all the new stuff up there. So I'm trying to uh, put up a bunch of the stuff that I've had for the last couple months when uh, I haven't really been as able to put a sync back up to the Amazon Photos uh, cloud backup. The cool thing is, though, is I'm, I'm trying to work with iCloud a little more in addition to that. And so I've been setting up the iCloud uh, I, well, I put it in Finder so I can access my iCloud data there in Finder from multiple computers and from my phone, which is cool. But on my phone and my files app, I was going in there and I put in, uh, since I have like the Amazon Drive application on my phone, I had my files application sort of show that I can go to my Amazon Photos files there from my phone. So without even going to the Amazon Photos application, just from my files app, I can go through and browse all those photo folders on the cloud and then pull up and view those images. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, or it was just interesting to see like, well, yeah, I can jump to each of or any data photos that I want back in time because they're all backed up now and, and more accessible. So um, so I think it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a free service when you pay uh, for a prime membership. So I, I guess the proper way to say it is it is uh, it is a premium service that is included with your prime membership. Uh, which seems to be pretty valuable a lot of the time. I, I like the, the Amazon cloud services and cloud storage services, which I'm trying to get a little more into. Like I was mentioned, I think it's, I think it's eleven or you know twelve bucks a year for one hundred gigabytes of storage space on Amazon Drive, and I've been trying to just think if that's going to be something that I need. Or, you know, like a more a more proficient, more uh, full-service cloud storage system. Storage, I definitely need. I'm looking into, like, hard drives right now. I'm trying to find something. But I don't know if I really need uh, the collaborative accessibility that is provided by, by cloud storage so much. I, I think I need, like, fast hard drives, fast data storage and stuff so I can, I can kind of move things around. That seems to be more useful for me than, uh, than the big cloud. I'm looking at... at eight terabyte and 10 terabyte Seagate hard drive right now. A couple other brands. I was looking at like the, the G drives and those cooler like aluminum metal cases. I was looking at other Lacey drives. I bought Lacey stuff in the past. And, but I'm looking for a bigger desktop drive. I have, I have a couple uh, like smaller portable drives that are great for the laptop when you're, when you're moving around. And that's worked really functionally the last couple of years. But I am looking for something that really probably what I actually want is a NAS or you know, some network-attached uh, storage device. Uh, uh, I've been interested in those for a long time. They're kind of expensive to get into. It's you know almost like buying a desktop computer when you, you load it up with big hard drives and you have to buy an enclosure. And it's a big project just all as that as it is. 
Uh, so really, uh, picking up eight terabytes or ten terabytes for uh, for two hundred bucks seems like like it would solve my problem for the time being. But that's what I thought five years ago when I bought a four terabyte hard drive, and I thought that would solve my problems. And now I have four filled up four terabyte hard drives. Well, one, two, those are both four. That was a two. Those are both ones. So they're all full. That's for sure. Uh, so uh, yeah, I need a I need a bigger a bigger amount of space to kind of do the data management stuff that I have in the background. The tough thing is is like so you have four terabytes. Wow, that sounds like a lot, way more than I would have ever thought in the past. Oh man, think about twenty years from now, the 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 data we're going to be talking about. We're talking about AR files or you know photogrammetry projects or something. It's going to be insane data. Four terabytes. I got to back that up somewhere, right? So I need a second four terabyte hard drive to have all that duplicated over to. So now I have two full four terabyte hard drives, uh, which is kind of the problem that you know, I seem to run into. I'm going to get this eight terabyte hard drive, and then I'm going to need a, a second one to back it up to. So the idea is that it's really just going to be this one big tank drive that's going to be the archive area for all the stuff to go and get backed up to. And then we're going to have the smaller, you know, four terabyte hard drives that are maybe a little faster. Mm, I've been doing black magic speed tests on them, though, and they are not that fast. They're like 100 megabits a second. I'll get into that in a second. But, uh, yeah, trying to get uh, the four terabyte hard drives I have right now to be more active, like for video projects or for the photo libraries or something like that. Maybe I can break it out and have that run a little bit more stably on some of those. But the interesting thing, the thing I was going to mention is that these drives are USB 3, right? Oh, wow, USB 3, that's fast. Hey, maybe soon they're going to be Thunderbolt 3 or the USB 3.1 USB-C connector. That'll be great. That'll be what? What is that, 10 or 20 gigabytes a second? Incredible speed. Wow, that'll be awesome. Or USB 3, what, that's 5 gigabits a second? Gigabytes a second? Hmm, slipping. No, mm -mm. these slow hard drives are what the the weakest link in the chain is. So you're sort of throttled back to the speed that the drive can write to. So these 7,200 RPM drives, these spinning disk drives, which used to be kind of state-of-the-art video drives 10 years ago, are now kind of considered really slow. They are really slow. Their data write speeds are somewhere around 100 megabytes a second, which is below half of what was advertised for the, the even USB 2 speeds of 250 megabits a second, megabytes a second. Okay, so, what, we're running 100 megabytes a second on a USB 3 4 terabyte hard drive. It's good, it's cool, it's, I think, better than the USB 2 connection act, you know, does. So it's faster than a USB 2 cable. Happy to have USB 3, but wow, that is like not the same kind of performance at all. So that's really where you're going to see the performance increase when you go to an SSD hard drive. Uh, so I was, I was trying to consider that about you know any like future stuff. I was thinking about like uh, getting like a pro desktop computer and trying to build out some stuff like I was saying a network storage device or I don't know other stuff that I could use. But I was thinking about oh, okay, so for performance with like a higher end computer, you're really going to get slower speeds with that, but you would get really fast speeds if you had an SSD or if you had you know the right type of enclosure that was built to to work with it really quickly. So that's kind of been crossing my mind too for uh, future proofing uh, what I'm up to for the uh, the 2020s as uh, we're getting into it. I really think though you know. You know most logically, the answer was probably get the reasonably priced eight terabyte drive now, wait some years into the future and pick up uh, a, I don't know, some multi terabyte solid state drive of the future that uh, can transmit things at faster speeds. I'm sure we'll get there sooner than later.
Well, thanks a lot for listening to uh, me kind of ramble about computers that I have installed onto my laptop. That's pretty interesting, right? But all of that is in service of the greater goal of trying to get some photo stuff put together, which uh, has been going pretty well. I've been going through a bunch of images in the catalog, and I'm trying to get together. I think I've been trying to talk about it in in so many ways a few times, but I'm trying to get together a couple uh, sets of portfolios sort of structured under, like, let's say, easily landscape commercial shoots, portrait shoots, wedding shoots, something like that. And so there's a kind of a collection of each so I can have. So if people are to look at those photos, they'll sort of see, oh, yeah, there's these and there's this and then there's that. So that's kind of the uh, the plan, which is close to coming together. Pretty fun. And other than that, I'm getting into video stuff. I've been editing a lot more in Final Cut. I've got the big monitor up. I've got the Wacom tablet out. I'm trying to go through and uh, kind of use, get used to using the pen. It's probably easier to do that in Photoshop or Illustrator or something like that to get used to the pen. But in Final Cut's a cool tool also. You get to kind of, you know, flow the pen back and forth. As using a tablet, it's a faster way of working than with a mouse in some ways. Or it's sometimes a little more accurate. But it really is a bit of a learning curve in some ways. So I'm trying to tighten it up. It's coming together. Anyway, thanks a lot for listening to this episode, this coast-to-coast broadcast of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. I appreciate it. You can check my stuff out at billynewmanphoto.com or what? Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or the Google Podcast Store. Thanks a lot.